to Talking Tempo. We are Sasha and Katie, two amateur running mums stepping outside our comfort zones to share our love and hate for all things running. In no way are we professionals, just two 40-something-year-old women who have too much in common, spend too much money on Nike shoes, matching socks and visors. We hope that our journey inspires and motivates others and that you laugh along with us. Hey, welcome to Talking Tempo uh, with Katie and Sasha. And this is our first episode for 2023, and it is episode 15. And today we have a fantastic guest um, called Lisa Kent Sherman. And we're going to dive straight in and hear all about the amazing things that she does. She seems to be a bit of everything that Katie and I are interested in. So we can't wait to, to hear more from her. And I think a perfect time of year to be doing this podcast because everyone's on the bandwagon of getting fit and healthy and, and checking back in after all the indulgences over Christmas. So, yeah, we're excited to um, chat with you, Lisa. So when I look at your profile on Instagram, you're a nutritionist, an ultra distance runner, swimmer, mum. You lead a running group called Boobs on the Run based in Sydney. You're a busy lady. How yes. do you do all of that? <laughs> I like to keep very busy. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so I've been, my core thing that I do is as a nutritionist. So I've been doing that. I actually retrained um, sort of in my 40s. I you know, come from a corporate background um, and really wanted to see just what more could be done with nutrition and, you know, had a real interest in that. And I also love cooking and I really wanted to try and blend the two. So how could I help people create, you know, healthier lifestyles and so on, but also through real food, um, yeah. not the sort of ultra processed and packaged meals and so on. Um, I'm also a runner, um, got into, I've been running for most of my life, but got into the ultra running about four years ago, maybe five years ago. Um, I'm one of the run leaders with Boobs on the Run. So Boobs on the Run is a fantastic community um, group for women and really helps women um, sort of find themselves and gain confidence and basically go from not having run at all to being able to run 30 minutes nonstop in 10 weeks or to run 7K. So, um, that's, so that's fun. And yeah, and then I do swimming and stuff as, uh, as all part of that cross training and helping to, you know, to improve my running. Wow, and, you sound very similar yeah. to us. So our running group is very yeah. similar to Boobs on the Run. So the um, yeah, Run with yeah. Rob, we, our approach is, you know, we want to encourage those people who haven't run before or looking to get back into running after having That's babies right. or yeah so it sounds mm. we're, we're very aligned and mm. Sasha and I love all things health and nutrition but we were saying before this is probably my first year you know we've gone past new years and usually I'm in a tailspin of what diet am I going to do how am I going to approach this what am I going to change for the first time I'm quite relaxed and I haven't done that Good. It, it, yeah, it's it's huge. I was saying to Sasha today, you um, and I think that's running. I think running has taught me that it's a different approach. I need to eat. I need to be healthy to be able to run. Exactly. And that's very much the approach I take with it is I very much think around food as being fuel to, you know, to fuel our body and whether that's, you know, someone that moves a lot or whether it's to fuel for our mental health or our, you know, just to be able to cope with everyday stresses. So, you know, f food is an integral part of that. And I think definitely this time of year, people do tend to jump on a few. It's like kind of 
you know, they got, got through Christmas, got through December, lots of parties and different eating out of routine. And sometimes it's just the case that they got out of their routine. And then January one hits and it's like, oh my God, I've got to lose weight or I need to get back healthy or, I've, you know, I've just lost everything. And so tend to sometimes jump onto, I guess, what we would call fad diets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the challenge there is that often they're not sustainable. I mean, if we think about how many New Year's resolutions we might, you know, sort of come up with and we go well for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks, but then we sort of fall back into old habits or we lose momentum and, you know, we kind of end up, you know, just putting it all to the side type of thing. So, um, I think, too, we have to be mindful, especially at this time of year. I mean, I'm Sydney-based, and I know you guys are up in Queensland, Brisbane. I'm sure it's the same with your television and so on up there. You cannot turn the TV on without seeing an ad for, you know, healthy shakes or, you know, this intermittent diet or this fast weight loss or this or that. And, um, you know, socials are full of, you know, health influences that are uh, promoting or spruiking a particular diet. So I think we have to be very mindful of that too, that, um, you know, for me, I very much think about the the right diet for someone. And when I use the term diet, I'm not talking about as a way of actually trying to lose weight. It's just as in what you eat on a day-to-day basis. It's so individual and the right nutrition is the one that works for you. And, you know, the three of us here, we're all female, you know, all 40s, we run, but what works for me won't necessarily work for both of you and vice versa. So it's about finding, you know, what works and just making lasting changes if that makes sense it does it does I, I love everything you're saying I yeah I I've been done every crazy diet you can think of and yeah they work but they're not sustainable that's right definitely not and it definitely becomes a different you do have to factor in the amount of exercise you do too and you know I very much approach you know I'm a big believer in meal planning so you know at the start of the week you know usually on a Sunday because start the week Monday I'll sit down I'll map out my training for the week I'll look at you know where are we out for dinner or if we got functions and so on what meals are we going to have and that's very much too from a point of view of what do I need to eat today to make sure I've got the energy for my training tomorrow or you know Sunday's long run or whatever it else might be so it's also not just thinking about an individual day too you know your health is over a long term a long yep. period yeah. And um, one of our guests that we had, Jess Willis, one, the biggest thing that's kept in my head in all the podcasts that we did last year was approach it that you're always eating for your next run. Absolutely. Yep. Which I found, you know, quite interesting because, you know, if you don't, um, if you have a day off running, mm. often I would cut back calories or not be as, you know, strict with what I'm eating or, you know, be but I found if I stick to what I would usually do, even if I'm running or not running, mm-hmm. I run better that, that mm-hmm. next day. At the end, I'm a teacher. And it, at the end of one of the, uh, I think it was like term four, and my friend and I both said, come on, let's just do something really crazy. And we are just going to drink black coffee and not eat until let's try and like, you know, not eat until lunchtime and all these kinds of things. Now, she was able to do that. I could not get to 10 o'clock in the morning without eating. I was starving, but I'm running. She's on her feet all day. She works in a cafe. She runs a cafe. She was able to sustain that for weeks and she shredded. She lost lots and lots of weight. I couldn't get to the end of the week 
with it. It just didn't work for me. And it was just like what you were saying. We're all, you know, the the output that we have, the exercise that we have, and also our physiology means that what works for you doesn't work for me. And, and that's why we need to speak to someone like yourself and get some proper expert information. And that's right. And, you know, it very much comes down to, you know, um, what's what's what have you got going on your lifestyle at the moment you know what what physical activity you're doing what stresses have you got whether that's work stress you know um some mental stress load you know are you running after kids are you you know have you got elderly parents that you're looking after like there's a whole range of things which your hormonal system doing you know there's lots of things and and sometimes too what's worked for us for you know a period of time then stops working as well. So, you know, and I'm, everyone knows, you know, I'm perimenopausal, you know, what I potentially did four years ago doesn't yes. necessarily work now. And so it's then renegotiating and finding what helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is very, very individual. And I think, you know, I, especially with my running and nutrition with my running as well, I often think about it as, you know, like I'm, I'm an N equals one. I love testing things on myself and, you know, you're just <laughs> constantly, you know, trying new things and, you know, working out what works, what doesn't work, you know, what sort of, what have you got in your toolkit, um, so to speak, that can help, you know, with your running. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think the intermittent fasting one um, that you're talking about, Sasha, is a really interesting one because there's so many variations of it as well. You know, there's the you know, the the feeding window where which can be anything from an eight to twelve hours. There's, you know, different type of people might fast until twelve and then eat until eight at night, or they might, you know, start eating early but then fast from four PM or they might yeah. have intermittent days. Like it's all, you know, it definitely comes down to yeah, lifestyle and what works for you. And I think we need to be really careful with intermittent fasting though too, especially for women and women who exercise a lot too. There's not a lot of research around women that are intermittent fasting and um, and quite heavy, ex you know, do a lot of exercise. Um, we have to be careful too around how it affects us in other ways. So, um, you know, for some women, they might find that they lose their period or they start getting a bit of hair loss or they start getting brain fog or, you know, and so it could just be they're not fueling themselves enough yeah. Um, to support, you know, one day-to-day -day activity and then two, adding exercise on top of that, yeah. you know, you've got to make sure you're fueling your body correctly. Yeah. And it exactly. can sometimes take a few months for that to become apparent as well. Mm. Yeah. So, Lisa, with your approach on working out what you should be eating in a day, so tracking your food, do you advise your clients to, you know, do you work out calories, what a person should be eating or no. No. So what I would normally start with with a client is I would actually get them to fill in um, a food and lifestyle diary. So that mm -hmm. is basically a seven-day diary that takes into account everything from what you've eaten, what time you got up, what exercise you did, what your mood's like, what your energy levels are like. Um, you know, have you had a bowel motion? Did you have bloating? Are you feeling a bit nauseous? You know, and I'd get them to do that over seven days. Um, I don't ask anyone to weigh food. I mean, no one wants to get to the point where they're sitting there weighing out, you know, 10 grams of sunflower seeds and, you know, a cup of yogurt and so on. Just give me a general idea of what they're eating. 
And then I can pretty much gather from that. You can sort of see a few trends. So it might be that say that someone comes and, you know, they're feeling quite tired after a particular exercise session, you know, that they usually run, say, Tuesday and Thursday mornings, but they're finding that by that afternoon they are ravenous, they, you know, they're really hungry, brain fog and so on. And then trying to do a session on the Wednesday or the Friday just doesn't work. And what I can, what you can sometimes see is that a pattern might form. So it may be that they've had a good, Tuesday and Thursday run and they've they've eaten well but the timing of their food's not right like they might have waited you know done Tuesday morning run and then waited you know two three hours before they've then had something to eat and so they've Katie. missed their yeah. you, Katie. <laughs> so they've yeah. missed their window of opportunity to replenish all their glycogen stores and so on and so what's going to happen is of course you're going to energy is going to slump later in the day so I kind of look at it from that perspective or it may be that someone's they are having something to eat you know after exercise but they're not getting any protein it might be that they're going and having you know some eggs uh, sorry like it might just be some toast with avocado and tomato that's yeah. not bad but you need more protein than that. Um, or it could just be timing of things. So I don't necessarily work with, I don't definitely don't prescribe calorie counting or sort of looking at things. I think of it more as a, what's someone eating over the course of the week? Do we need to get more variety into their diet? So are they very heavily, you know, meat-based or not so much plants or are they having vegetables, but they stick to the five same vegetables with every set you know whatever that might be look yeah. at where we can get in some extra um variety into their diet um it could be that you know what they're snacking on tends to be a lot of ready-made muesli bars or you know quick things that you can grab from the supermarket that are in the healthy aisle and mm -hmm. whilst they're okay for the occasional if that's kind of making up the snack for the afternoon then I'll look at well, have they got the, you know, are they willing to look at making some stuff themselves or, you know, is there ways we could um, adjust that? So if that kind of makes sense around. Yeah. Um, so I very much take an individual approach. It's really looking at the individual because, you know, there's nothing worse, I think, than if you go see someone or, or something and they say, look, what you need to be doing is you need to be making, you know, I want you to make five lunches to take to work every day and I want you to have a protein shake ready to go after your, your run and, um, and then we need to be batch cooking on a Sunday and then you've, and the person hates cooking. I mean, that's not yeah. going to work. Exactly. That's not going to work. Yeah. Or yeah. if they're really so busy and that Sunday just doesn't work for them, well, what other yeah. day can we look at? And and yeah. that sort of thing. You know, does someone have freezer space to batch cook and put food into the freezer? Like, you know, little yeah. things like that. That's yeah. so yeah. That's so good because all of those things that you've just mentioned are things that have put me off doing any of that prepping and meal. We don't have a huge freezer. We, mm -hmm. I work full time. I run a lot and I just don't have the time to be, mm. you know, I've got a young daughter, just don't have time to, to make that happen. And mm -hmm. there would be so many other people who are in similar boats with slightly different situation. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when you've um, started your ultra running journey, <laughs> I would imagine that you'd had some pretty good stories there for from, you know, trialling trialing food yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've still got stories you know there are still stories um yeah I mean I I did my first ultra back in 2018 I'd done a few marathons and signed up for uh the Great Ocean Road uh marathon which I wanted to do the marathon which is actually 45 so I was like oh that's an ultra and then I realized they actually have a 60k and I'm like well I'll sign up for the 60k why not <laughs> um 
did that and swore that that was the last one I would ever do. I didn't need to go further. I, I was done. You know, I'd proved I could do more than a marathon and that was it. Yeah. Um, I did get a bit injured after that one. And, um, yes, I spent a little bit of time injured and so on. And then, yeah, and then, you know, you get the bug. You signed up for the 100, didn't you? <laughs> no, I did. I actually oh, did, did a couple of other smaller ones. No, I did a, okay. a 50, the GC50. I've done that oh, yeah. one. That was a few years ago now, though. That was 2019 and it was a bloody hot day. Yeah. So I learned a lot that one on how to better hydrate mm. um, through runs. And then, yeah, just in the last couple of years is where I've gone more. But, you know, even I did a 24-hour track race this year and that's quite an interesting Ooh, yeah. um, one because you're, you basically they start the clock at a certain time this one started at 8 a.m and you've got a 400 meter track that you just go around and they change your direction every four hours and it's just how far you can get in that time and I had practiced a lot doing monotonous loops and had my nutrition I thought down pat like I thought I had it you know knew exactly what I was going to have I was using a mix of you know gels and real food and I was just going to ask you that yeah yeah yeah. so I do tend to I think once once you get past that kind of marathon distance you really do need to think about real food for to support your running because you know if you think about it you know, once you're on your legs for four hours and up, your body is not just using carbohydrate. Like absolutely, you need to start thinking about protein and and a bit of fat and so on. So that particular one, yeah, I had my nutrition and I tested it up to six hours and I was sweet. And then yeah, race day. Yeah, no, it wasn't quite working. (laughs) What happened? Yeah, a couple of bathroom stops were needed. Um, (laughs) didn't help that it was you know um that time in the month as well and um just these things happen um but in my training I have a very long list of foods that I know I can have and which do work for me so I just my husband was my support crew and I just went plan b plan b you know (laughs) (laughs) I need xyz now and so was able to adjust and I think that's really key with with running is um you know and 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 not just for ultras you know um people doing half marathon like because basically you know for a half marathon you need to have something to eat during it it might only be one gel or you know something small but you know I often talk to people about especially if you're doing a destination race so you know you know, someone from Sydney going up to the Gold Coast or Sunny Coast, Sunshine Coast, you know, test out a few different nutrition options. Um, I tend to suggest not relying on on on-course nutrition. Um, These things can change at the last minute. I don't know if you know, uh, I think it was Canberra Marathon last year, the on-course nutrition changed in the last 24 hours. So, you know, if if someone was used to the particular product that they were going to have, and they had used that in training, they were comfortable, and then it switches on the day to something completely different, and that's they've not tried it in training. That can ruin yeah. your run. You can, yeah. You know, yeah. So um, I like to be self-sufficient on, yeah. on runs. If that yeah, I agree. Race day. Yeah. yeah, I agree with 100%. that. I think it was um, Noosa Marathon last year, the drink that they had, I'd never heard of it, and you couldn't go to a shop and just purchase mm-hmm. it. So they don't always use the, you know, the high-end brands that people can access 
That's yeah. right. And also part of the challenge with that too. So um, definitely water at aid stations for races. Um, yeah, absolutely use that. A couple of sips, often throw it over yourself. I yeah, exactly. Most, of our, most yeah. of our races are done in hot sort of conditions. Um, but the challenge too with things like, you know, if it's say, if it's a fixed nutritional tailwind or any of those ones, you know, it's a hydrolytes, a Gatorade, whatever right. it is, you don't know the concentration they've yeah. actually mixed it for on the course it could be way more than it needs to be or it could be way less than what it should be and you just cannot gauge how much you're getting in um so it's best yeah that's why I always think if you can learn to you know practice what you need to in training and then try and replicate that as best on race day that's exactly why I won't take any sports drink Mm. fluid in any race unless it's my own because of for that mm. very reason, because for me, it might have just a bit too much sugar in mm. it and then I feel unwell or yeah. so I'd just rather just have water and have whatever I've taken Yeah, yeah. for exactly that reason. Could just ruin yeah. your whole run. Yeah, definitely. So I have the issue where I get going just before a run. Mm-hmm. I am no good. I mean, I can't even do a warm up. I'm in the bathroom. Mm. I don't know if it's nerves mm. or what I think it, because I've only done two marathons, the last mm. two marathons, carb loading. I don't usually eat yeah. a huge amount of carbs. Mm-hmm. Two days before you start eating the pasta, I don't usually eat pasta mm-hmm. in that volume. And I think yeah. my body just yeah. does not And cope. so look, yeah, so I think we've actually come, you know, in terms of sports nutrition or performance nutrition, as it's sometimes called now as well, um, we've come a long way. And that whole idea of carb loading, you know, that whole idea of the massive bowl of pasta and, you know, all that, it's kind of out the window now. Because if you think about it, for every gram of carbohydrate you store, you also store water. So you're also storing about 2.7 grams of water. So hence, you know, if you've had a massive carb load the night before a a big run, um, especially a race, you get to race day and you're feeling bloated on this, on the start line. Like you're like, this is, yes. And the whole idea of support, you know, support using nutrition to support your running is you want to feel at your best. Like you want to hit your runs or you want to hit race day really feeling like at your peak. That's right. We taper, we get ourselves ready. And, you know, so I like to use the approach more with clients around definitely think about, so if you're someone that has say some gastrointestinal issues when you run, and it's very, very common for people to have those sort of gut issues or athletes gut as they call it. And that's largely because, you know, your body, your body's in its more fight or flight mode. We're focused on exercise. We're not focused. The body is moving resources away from digesting food and concentrating on what it needs to do to run. So if you're someone that does get a few gut issues, I would recommend going more low fiber diet a few days before your big race or, and you test this in training. So a few days before your long run, test it out, go a bit more low fiber, stick to foods that you know, and just think about upping your carbohydrate just a fraction. So that could be something as simple as your, you might have say some yogurt and fruit in the afternoon and you have a banana or you have a few, or you might switch and have some rice cakes, you know, thin rice cakes with some cottage cheese or a banana and cottage cheese on it or something like that. Or it might be you have an extra slice of toast in the morning before, like you don't necessarily need to do this massive carb load um, over the course of a couple of days. But as I said, I would try that in training um, and then see how you go. And yeah, the whole idea, I think sometimes we forget that, like absolutely with our training for the longest stuff and 
whatever it might be, 5K, 10K. Um, yeah, we do our longer runs and we're focused on pace and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And we forget that we also need to be training what we eat before, if we need to eat during and what we eat after as well. Yeah. So it's agree. the whole, it's the whole thing. Yeah. 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 That's brilliant. And that, that one of, that was one of our questions, wasn't it? Around nervous stomach. <laughs> so you've kind of. Yeah. So, yeah. So that. also on that, the other thing I would say is you can train the gut. So it's all about training the gut. So, um, with, uh, you know, in terms of getting regularity with, um, you know, so even just during the week. So if you normally go for a run first thing in the morning, like say you get up and you're a 5.30 a.m. runner, just getting up a little bit earlier, having a glass of water even, having something to eat, just training the gut to be able to, you know, go through its bowel motion when it, you know, you can get into a routine like that. It does take a little bit of time. Likewise, during the run, like training your gut, even having a little bit more food during a run than what you would need to on race day can help your body to tolerate more food so that when it comes to race day, you're not going to have the gut issues because yeah. your body is actually used to taking on more food and digesting that during running than what it actually will need to on race day. So that's another strategy um, that's sometimes used as well. Yeah, yeah, because the, the timing, even before park run, timing mm. of going to the toilet is just so annoying. You know, it, yeah. just before you've got five minutes until the start and you're thinking, I need to go to the toilet, but I, I don't really know if I should go. And that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting to think that you can, mm. you can actually train your body to, to go when you need to go. Absolutely. And, you know, there are definitely people that use certain cues for it. You know, I know some runners that will have, you know, an espresso coffee with, as soon as they get up because they know that's just going to get it all happening and they'll feel, you know, they'll be right. Yeah. Um, you know, a glass of water definitely helps, um, you know, something small to eat. Um, yeah, it's just obviously it's just working through and finding the one that's right for you. Sometimes some people it might just be simply a cup of tea is enough to yeah. to get things going um, and so on. So, and it may be that you you, you just got to yeah trial and error and find that perfect window. Is it sometimes yeah. getting up five minutes earlier just so you can get that little bit of food in or that yeah. extra extra bit in so you can go to the bathroom and then get on your run? And how good is I, it when you when you do it? You like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know and I'm I've worked it out training is perfect it just seems to be race day but I think for me because even for my long runs every week mm. leading up to my marathons mm. I don't carb load for any of those runs yeah I did it on both my marathons and yeah. both my marathons did not end well yeah mm -hmm. so that definitely nerves would play a part of it 100 yeah. percent um, but I would definitely just think about yeah, so, so definitely what am, what do I do in training? Like what I do in training before a long run, that Don't is change. then, mm -hmm. yeah, that is what I do before a race yeah. as well. Like you just keep it very, and, you know, hence my husband's a runner as well. And, you know, it's each week when I'm doing the meal plan, it's like what day are you doing your long run? And, <laughs> you know, when am I doing mine? And so I because I know what he needs to eat before his long run and I know what mm -hmm. I need to eat before mine. So it's planning out meals um, so that we're both covered because um, often it ends up being different days, of course. Um, and are you a morning run. runner as well? I am, although I don't mind the occasional evening run. I think sometimes you can get, yeah, sometimes there's just a little bit more in the tank, I think, for an energy mm -hmm. run, like energy-wise sometimes. Yeah, well, but, I was going to ask about that because I, Katie and I ran together, was it Tuesday afternoon? Mm -hmm. And I I used to love running in the afternoon, but now I find it so hard to time food yeah. just right. 
because yeah. I get the shakes if yeah, I yeah. eat slightly too close mm. or yeah I don't how do you prepare yourself for a run in the afternoon yeah so when I do have to run in the afternoon I do definitely think about timing of food so I would tend to try and not have anything about two hours for yeah. me about two hours yeah. before yeah. Um, but I'm very then like it's almost like as soon as I get back I've got to make sure like that window of eating after the run is a lot short I'd make it a lot shorter than what it would be say yeah. um, in the morning this time of year I just definitely prefer just to get it done in the morning it's too yeah, hot by the end of the hot. day yeah too yep. hot and and as we know things get in the way during the day and you end up you know all good intentions sometimes go out the window but yeah. um yeah in terms of that eating after um definitely you know your optimal window is 60 minutes 30 to 60 minutes men have got a bit longer um you know can stretch that out but women really really need to think about getting decent you know a good recovery meal in what would you what would you say is a good standard I know we're all different but what's a fairly standard meal that you'd recommend for after a morning run yep so I would definitely you you want your carbohydrate and you want your protein and throw in a little bit of fat like it's it's pretty standard stuff and that after that morning you know after exercise is the perfect time to have your starchy carbs so if you are someone that loves sourdough or loves to have bread or you know that sort of thing that is the perfect time to have it because your body is absolutely primed to use the the energy you know the the source from that carbohydrate and replenish your glycogen stores so you know the body treats it a little bit differently add protein into that because you need to get that stimulus for the muscle protein stimulus um, to happen so that muscle recovery and repair, the growth, that those adaptations for training don't happen if you don't give that extra stimulus of the protein um, with that. And having the carbohydrate and the protein together, um, they work really nicely to give you that nice, you know, stable blood sugar level. You know, they're going to help prevent any energy slump later in the day, that brain fog that might happen around 3, 4 p.m. Yeah. Um, it's going to sort of better for your brain health, boost your immune system and so on. So for me, um, I have a few different things I run through it'll usually be eggs feature quite heavily so a couple of boiled eggs avocado (laughs) spinach um i love using seeds so any type of seeds sunflower seeds chia seeds linseeds flax seeds hemp seeds all those types of things um they're good seeds are good because they've got um especially things like chia seeds you know they've got the omega-3s yeah healthy fats anti-inflammatory because obviously exercise you know you are boosting your inflammation you know oxidative stress and i'll always have some sourdough or it might be cottage cheese with sliced tomato tomato um you know vegetables feature very heavily for breakfast in 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 my world so um i think it's a great way of getting extra server veggies in you get the fiber um and Mm. they just help you to feel full so it could be mushrooms you know that type of thing um if i'm if it hasn't been as big a, you know, if it's sort of a shorter run or if I've gone for a walk, because I do a bit of fast-paced walking as well, I might have something more like oats and berries and some chopped walnuts or something like that on there. So sort of not quite, um, yeah, sort of still got your protein, your carbohydrate, but I'm not as focused on getting that really good hit of protein um, post the run. But it's about that window, that 30 to 60 minutes. What about peanut butter? Yum. <laughs> yeah, like Peanut I butter's have, a runner's friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what you're saying, you know, like with with mm. eggs and and that, mm. to me that sounds amazing. But that sounds like 
too yep. time consuming. Yep. So definitely, you know, if you were if you were to put and often I'll have my oats without actually cooking them or anything. Like I literally will just have some oats with mash, you know, stirred through some yogurt and put a dollop of peanut butter on there to, yep. you know, yep. as part of that. Um, you know, don't be afraid of, you know, protein shakes are also a good option at that time as well. Often, you know, I know especially especially if we've got you know, if we've got to get kids to school or we're yeah. going to get children organised or we've got to get other things, we've got to get ourselves out the door. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes having that protein shake as an option, um, you know, make it on water, protein shake, maybe you put or you milk of choice, um, milk alternative, um, you know, add some fruit if you've got time. But even just having that protein shake within that window and then having something more, again, a bit later can also be a good way to do it as well. And certainly I do tend to travel a bit for some runs as well. So I'll always put a protein shake in my bag. Um, so it might be, you know, within 15 minutes of finishing my run, I've gotten changed. I'm having my protein shake as I'm driving to the coffee shop to get my coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I love my that. <laughs> and to sit down to some nice eggs and sourdough yeah, and, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So okay. um, do you yeah. run on an empty tummy, Lisa? No, I don't. I It just doesn't work for me. I, yeah, Sasha, as you were saying, that whole idea of intermittent fasting, yeah, I can't do it. I, yeah. I So I've experimented over the years and what works for me is banana, um, some nut butter of some sort and a little bit of milk and I kind of eat it like cereal um, yeah. and that's my go-to. A banana with milk? Or any, whatever distance I'm doing. Um, yeah, so the only time I'll do, yeah, with yeah, I, so I slice up the banana and put it in a bowl and then I put, yeah, I put milk and then I put a dollop of peanut butter and I kind of eat it as if it's cereal. And, wow. Yeah, and I know, everyone, yeah. I don't ever take photos of it because it kind of looks a bit strange as well, but <laughs> yeah, it, it works. Um, yeah. So if I'm doing a fast paced walk or something like that, I won't have anything to eat beforehand. Yeah. I just have a glass of water and then, and wait till I get back. Um, so just being conscious of, yeah, what, what fuel does my body need to, mm. to do my session? And most of my run sessions are at least an hour, if not more. So yeah. Um, yeah so I sort of need something. Yeah, sometimes I just have a couple of um, spoonfuls of peanut butter in the and morning. Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. Something. You don't, yeah, you don't need a lot before exercise. You know, it's, you know, maybe 10 to 20 grams at most of carbohydrate and five to 10 of, of um, protein. And so for some people that literally could be having a, a cup of tea with some milk and a little bit of sugar if they each if they have sugar or it could be half a slice of bread with some jam on it or peanut butter on it or it literally could be half a banana it could be a medjool date like it doesn't need to be much at all um it's just more giving the body something just because you remember you're coming off an overnight fast so you know majority of people have stopped eating around by eight o'clock so um you know the body's primed for some more fuel you don't Never, have anything, um, do you, Katie? You don't no. eat any food. Mm. No, but I, I, I think I need to change that. I do have an infinite drink when I do mm. run, mm. Um, but we are running longer. Even every mm. morning now, we're doing what? Um, what are we doing? You've been doing about six 45. days before the mm. main run. Yeah, so forty-five minutes and forty-five minutes, and I think it's wearing thin on me. 
yeah so just so give it a try you know this is what I, I said with a lot of people I work with it's like you know if you're not used to eating beforehand maybe give yourself two weeks where you do definitely have something small and just have something small and then see how you feel during the runs like and see how you feel after the runs too like do you have more energy are you you know does the perceived effort of the run feel less Yes. And if it does, then you're like, okay, so maybe I do need to have something to eat beforehand. If there's no change and, you know, you, and there's other, you know, other things come up, then, you know, maybe, maybe not so. But definitely once you hit sort of about 75 minutes of training, you need to eat something during most people. Yeah. There's very few people that can get away with not having anything to eat during a session. Um, when you said the medjool date, so they're mm-hmm. full of fibre though, aren't they? That's what I've heard people talk they about. Are. So them. for some, yeah, some people it won't work for because it's dried it fruit. Yeah. yeah, so it just depends. Um, others, you know, they're like, that's that's it. I often use dates as one of my fuel sources when I'm running. Yes. Um, that's something I'll use. Um, uh, but otherwise, yeah, some people, if it, it's too high fibrous, you know, it doesn't suit, but dried apple might or half an apple, even just an apple might work or, a, you know, an orange or something like that. So yeah. just about, yeah, experimenting and, and finding what works. Yeah. yeah. Lisa, I find if I have, um, I've tried lots of different things, but if I have an apple or even orange, I get the shakes. It's like um, not shakes as in my handshake, mm. but it's almost like I get lightheaded and, and woozy and I feel kind of, it's a really hard thing to explain, but mm. something Just about. Just when you're running or, or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something happens. But your brother and your dad get it yeah, as well, don't you? Yeah, we were talking yeah. beforehand. We all get it. It's about yeah, 20 sure. minutes into a run. That's when it starts mm. to hit. Only with those types of fruits? Do you no, get it with, no, you know? different things. I'm still okay. constantly yeah. trying different things, but in particular, because mm. lots of people have fruit yep. and you think, well, that's a fairly healthy thing, but it's something, I think it's something to do with the sucre, um, the fructose or something. Yeah. Although, it's, yeah, the fructose in, in those fruits is more natural, you know, natural and the body treats it differently to, to yeah. you know, sort of high, you know, high fructose um, and so on. Yeah, interesting. Strange. It is strange. Mm. I wonder if you went more, maybe go try going a little bit more protein-based, like as opposed to the carbohydrate What would be an example of that? So so more like your peanut butters or even having some trail, maybe some a a more nut-based trail mix as your your option. You know, I know a lot of people that use trail mix as running, so less on the fruit, more on the nut side of things um, and see how that works for you. Um, You could also try, um, I go through a bit of phases and for a while I was having, um, I do like cold potatoes when I run. That's uh, salt, cold salted potatoes is quite young. (laughs) That's an ultra runner's dream. (laughs) It is. But for a while I was actually having, I think I got it from um, uh, Charlene Flanagan, the US um, marathoner. It's um, mashed sweet potato mixed oh. in that's got chia seeds chopped up date oh, and peanut butter mixed into it and you kind of put it in a ziploc bag and then you like tear off the end and kind of can squeeze it down um 
it looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds oh, delicious to me. Good and yeah. less, it tastes pretty good unless it's a really hot day and it heats up too much and then it's like it just doesn't work. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trial and error, though. Trial and baby error. Baby food. A lot of people, the ultra yes. runners, talk about having baby food pouches. Yeah, and that can be a really good option. So, you know, sometimes the challenge, as we've talked about, is when you've got destination races. So it's fine to try lots of things at home and, you know, where you might be making up some boiled potatoes or, you know, you're making your own gels and things like that. And then you go away somewhere and you can't get the option that you've got. So, yeah, having baby food can be a good one because you can kind of take them from here, you know, wherever you're going um, or there's an alternative there. So that can be a real option. And, yeah, it's a bit like, you know, just squeezing it down um, like a gel because a lot of people can't handle gels. Um, You know, they are just too concentrated sugar and just upsets the gut and if not – during the race than after the race um, or after the long run. Um, But there's some good gels these days that are more food-based. So you've got your spring spring energy gels, your humor gels that are based off chia seeds. Yeah, Yeah, they're good. Um, There's a brand, Pure, um, that are made from things like manuka honey and, you know, citrus fruits. Um, There's a a whole range of them these days that are more natural-based. And sometimes it can be too for people it's, switching to more of the the chew type um options as opposed to the gel because some of the gels you need water to get them down as well the consistency you know you feel like you're gagging as you yeah yeah um and so so sweet and thick Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. And it can be flavor too. That's the thing, like, you know, on race day, you know, it might be that you're really, really fine with the caffeine flavored cola or whatever, or the berry one. And all they have on course is vanilla and you just go, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) And what about vitamins and minerals? Do you um, recommend any? Yeah. So always, um, I definitely take a food first approach, uh, you know, is always my go-to, but there are times when supplementation is definitely warranted. Um, you know, majority of people are magnesium deficient and a lot of runners are magnesium deficient. So, um, you know, a good magnesium supplement can help. Um, you know, it may be that depending on, you know, if you're going through an injury or something like that or recovering from an injury, you know, there are some good um, things maybe there that might be beneficial to have as well um, for bone and joint health. Um, Yeah, it kind of really depends, you know, if someone's got a lot of, um, you know, depending on the type of diet they follow too, if someone's very more vegan focused or vegetarian focused and if they don't eat certain foods, then there are potentially some vitamin deficiencies that you you do need to correct with with, um, vitamins and minerals. Uh, But when I think about runners specifically, you know, my go-to is usually, you know, things like magnesium, um, potentially omega-3s, your B vitamins, vitamin vitamin C, um, you know, iron is one to be mindful of. Never supplement iron unless you it is warranted, like you need to get tested for iron. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're deficient, then by all means, but, you know, don't just supplement iron without without getting that tested. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So, but as I said, I definitely look for more of a food-based approach. So, you know, looking at foods, you know, if you think about, you know, great foods for runners are things like your spinach and your kale and, you know, because they've just, they've got all the nutrient, you know, they've got magnesium, they've got um, fiber, they've got vitamin K, there's there's calcium, there's iron and so on. And then you've got your seeds, um, you know, salmon's a good one for runners. I love um, yeah, I eat that but, every day. Yeah, same. <laughs> Not me. Yeah, but you know, and there's the, yeah, so things like that. Um, you know, your berries, your you know, full of antioxidants and so on. Um, you know, so any type of berry is good. Oatmeal you know, those sorts of things, like they're all really good things to, um, for runners to sort of think about sweet potato, you know, sweet potato is really high in vitamin C. We often don't think of that with sweet potato, but, um, you know, vitamin C can be one and vitamin C helps with the absorption of iron too. So if you are a little low on iron, making sure that you're having iron with vitamin C, um, and that can be as simple as, you know, putting, um, a citrus based dressing on your food. Um, if it's, you know, got iron that helps with the absorption. What about, you know, just having some easy grab snacks in the pantry? What would you, obviously we've talked about, you know, like peanut Mm. butter. Yep. But you were talking earlier, you mentioned about, you know, protein bars you can grab at the shops Mm. and things like that. What would you recommend just for something, if you're a bit peckish and you know you're going running in a couple of hours, Mm. you don't want to overdo it? Yep. So um, if I think about, you know, cupboard staples, you know, small, if, if you eat, um, fish and seafood, you know, small tins of tuna and salmon and things like that are really good. Um, you know, rice cakes, like those thin rice cakes you can get, yeah. they're great to have in the cupboard, you know, whether you, and you could put a variety, whether it's a little bit of avocado or nut yeah. butter or strawberry jam or slice some fruit on it or cheese yeah. or cottage cheese, those sort of things are good. Nuts are always a good, you know, there's a lot of research coming out around, you know, the benefit of a handful of nuts a day for heart health, brain health, mood, um, you know, and just to have variety, stick to raw natural nuts as opposed to the salted roasted I love smoked yeah. almonds they're my yeah. favorite <laughs> I just love yeah. plain yogurt yeah yeah if you can tolerate but there's so many different milk alternatives these days as well that are, are quite good so yogurt's always a good option for a snack or a piece of fruit um, those sort of things and I think you know there's nothing it's not to say don't have the pre-fab, you know, the pre-made things, but just think about when you are looking at them, you know, just think about what's the sugar content yeah. of them, what's the sodium content, um, you know, look at the per serve sizing. Often, you know, things are what is in a package is two or three serves as opposed yeah. to one serve. Um, so that can be a challenge as well. Same with yogurt, isn't it? There's so much sugar in some of the yogurts. Yeah, yeah. I always, always advise just stick with plain natural yogurt yeah. and use things like cinnamon or yeah. fruit or nuts. Cinnamon, or that's seeds. great. Yeah, like, so like cinnamon, yeah. Um, cinnamon helps regulate blood sugar. If you've got sugar cravings, yes. cinnamon helps. Yeah. Oh, that was one of our questions. We, I'm yep. a yes. sugar addict, sugar mm-hmm. Like I yeah. live off sugar so bad. Yeah. If I'm better not having it, yeah, than having it as soon as I have it, yeah, yeah. But I was going to tell Sash on mm-hmm. your um, Lisa underscore Whole Life Nutrition mm-hmm. Instagram page, you mm-hmm. have so many. Your your page is full of colorful food. It makes yeah. me want to. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I looked. Cool, cool. Like, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Everything and it looks it it looks yummy. Everything mm, in here. Thank you. 
You need to do a recipe book. I yeah, that's that's one of my goals for this year is to actually is get that? a recipe book out. Yeah. I'd and very that. much yeah, I just yeah. I really want to make it simple for people yes. to to make good food and just think about you don't need a lot of agree ingredients we don't need a lot of time yeah. and it's just money. how do we yeah or money and and that's where I mentioned early on about meal planning and that's where especially in these days this time when rising costs of everything yeah. planning out your meals for a week can make it so much easier to save money you know how often do we you know you might see a recipe and it calls for you know a quarter oh. of a pumpkin and you know half a zucchini it's like well what yeah. am I going to do with the other half yeah other, you know so, yeah. so what other meal can I then create that uses those things um or can I create you know the salad I'm making to like for example like I'll go down and make a salad tonight and I'm making extra of that to have for lunch tomorrow so but yeah. I'll add a few extra things into it for lunch tomorrow like different so um that's a really big big thing um that I try to do is um yeah do you know what yeah. I really struggle with I can eat really brilliantly all day I'm great have dinner healthy dinner and then I just feel like I need something sweet Mm. To, to get rid of that taste I don't I don't know what yeah so a couple of things that might be think about your protein intake over the day have you actually had enough protein throughout the day so we do need to be separating our protein throughout the day so having it all in one big bunch at the you know in one meal isn't going to work so we need to separate it out through the day so you know if you have three main meals um mm. you need you know protein at each of those so if you've not had a good amount of protein early on Later in the day, the body, because the body knows what it needs. That's the other thing. I'm a firm believer the body knows what it needs to get through. And so if you've got to the end of the day and it's not had enough, um, it will look for things. And often cravings come in the form of looking for carbohydrate because it's the body's preferred energy source. It's quick and easy for it to, to yep. get through. So it looks for that. Um Definitely for sugar cravings, I you know, you could think about hydration. You know, when we're dehydrated, our body craves carbohydrate. If we've not had enough sleep, our body's going to crave some carbohydrate. So think about those. So, you know, it can be, it can also be we just get into the habit of snacking yes. after dinner. And that's a big habit. part of it is that you know so sometimes if I think about instead of going on a fad diet at the start of the year you know if you do if you know even if you're not seeing a nutritionist just for a week record what you're doing what you've eaten over the week and just have a look at it and look at it and sort of go and then at the end of the day, and be really honest with yourself because often we don't realize just how much we eat or not yeah. eat or what the type of foods are and it may be that you see every day I'm having a snack every day after dinner but I've eaten really well through the day. So what do I need to do? Is it just that I need to do some, find something else to do in the evening so that I'm teeth. not stinking? Yeah, go Early. and brush your teeth or, you know, go for a quick walk around the block. If you've got a dog, does the dog need to go out at that time or, or you know, pets, whatever it might be. Or it could be that you work out that you're really not having much for breakfast at all. And so mm. you have lunch and then four o'clock comes and you are wolfing down, you know, you're looking for any possible snack you can. Um, nice. It could also be portion size too. But often for people when they, you know, losing, if they if they do want to look at resetting healthy habits or to lose weight, often it's either too much snacking, especially in the evening, or it's their portion size is, yeah. is out, of, out of whack. Yeah. Just so many chocolates from kids at the end of school. Yeah. It's so hard. Just give them back. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's like thank you, yeah. but 
please don't give them to me. (laughs) I know. I know. It's interesting because we've gotten out of the mindset. Like we would never these days give go to give a child a heap of chocolate or anything for you know for a present or anything. But we seem to still do it with adults. (laughs) I don't know whether we think oh well they've got control or or whatever it might be. Yeah, (laughs) or it's just an easy option, right? It's like oh a box of chocolates. Who doesn't want a box of chocolates? You know. Yeah, Yeah. and they are so delicious when you're eating them. Very delicious. Well, I'm I'm really I'm excited to start the new year. I think there's heaps mm. of things that we need to do, Sasha. We've talked about yeah. before, especially fueling before and during yeah. the run. Um, and as you say, don't try anything new on race day. Yeah. So that yeah. nothing, yeah, nothing new on race day. So yeah, Katie, I definitely have a think about you know just if you've got a race coming or even you know whatever it might be, just really think about just getting into that routine of what you eat the night before, yeah, um, and the day before, and and it, and you know I always encourage people to especially if you're doing a long run the next day you know think about your hydration status the day before and that could be you know that you do have an electrolyte drink the day before you know one that doesn't have you know that's purely you know and you can make your own like with um you know some citrus and a little bit of salt and sugar and things like that um you know make sure that you're the day before you're well hydrated so that you go into the run the next day well and that way you're not trying to magic, you know, consume a whole heap of water before the run, um, which then obviously we then need to, you know, more bathroom stops. Sure, that's like that. No, yeah. that's that's so true because like you mm. focus on nutrition, the yeah. hydration side. Mm. I found I went on holidays um, over New Year's mm. because I didn't have my kitchen. I didn't have my. I took we took a drink bottle each, mm. but that was it. And I would go mm. hours without mm. having water. It's so mm. bad. Mm. Making yeah. sure hydration is so important. We really Absolutely. need to focus on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, look, I really appreciate you've given us so much helpful stuff. Oh, no problem at all. I could, oh, <laughs> as I said, you, I could talk hours on running and nutrition. I could listen the two to you for hours. Yeah, so helpful. I've written, yeah. so, I've written heaps of notes down. Yeah, I'm. Right. Are you going to try doing a diary, Katie? Yes. That's the, we, we keep yeah. saying we are. I haven't yeah. started it yet, yet, but I, I've got, I've brought one. Yeah. I need to start. So yeah. I think like with the food, nutrition, the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. And put everything. your and do your mood and your energy levels as well. Like that, oh, that, mood. And your sleep, yeah, your mood and your sleep. You know, so record, you know, are you getting, you know, that night, yes. did you get six hours, eight hours, five hours? You know, did you wake feeling refreshed? What's your energy Never. level like at different times of the day? You know, and you might find like often when you then look at it, it's like, oh, my energy is slumping every day at four o'clock or two o'clock. So what what am I doing for the rest in the mornings that's not right? Or why is it that I start the day so happy, you know, feeling like I could tackle the world and then by the afternoon I'm slumping or vice versa. Sometimes, you know, people wake up and they're like, you know, just roll me, you know, hit me with a brick. (laughs) Oh, um, Sasha, I'm energetic. You're more, yeah, yeah. And so that can be so energetic, yeah. yeah. And often it's to do with, um, you know, often it's not so much what you've eaten that day. Sometimes it's what you've eaten the day before or even the day before that. Because remember, we all also take, have different way, different times of digesting our food too. So as things move through the system, um, so sometimes it can be what you've eaten the day before or the day before that yeah. that's actually impacting the current day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can tell. I always say if I've had bad mm-hmm. food, bad mm. run guarantee it yeah yeah mm. yeah 
Yeah. And not enough sleep. Guarantee I'll be a bear in two or three days. Yeah. <laughs> Mo says, I mean, sleep, prioritize sleep. I'm a big believer in prioritizing oh, sleep. Yeah. Every night I'm in bed by nine, nine o'clock at the latest. I'm up but at we'll, quarter to five. So, yeah. Quarter to yeah. five. Yeah. yeah. So, we, yeah. we start at four. So, yeah, we're you up guys at- are early early I've heard on the podcast yeah and it, it catches up with you because mm. you like if I go to bed at 9 30 and getting up at 3 30 that's not a lot of yeah. sleep yeah so yeah. food is important yeah Definitely. oh that was such a great oh yeah I'm really so, keen really motivated so if anyone um that listens in Lisa that's mm-hmm. wanting some advice how do mm-hmm. they make contact with you yeah so either uh, um through obviously Instagram my Instagram Lisa underscore whole life nutrition or my website wholelifenutrition.net.au um and I do do zoom you know zoom uh via telehealth conference consults consults via telehealth is what I meant to say (laughs) um as well as in person so yeah it's um yeah it can be really helpful and I think especially for for those that are really focused on you know not even that you've got specific goals for running but if we think about we spend so much money on our running goals and whether that's race entries travel you know our memberships to gyms and shoes and clothes and everything and so often the nutrition part is something we think about ad hoc or oh my god the race is coming up what am I going to do I think you know where possible I encourage people to really think about the nutrition really early on and just really get into the habit of fueling before what you're going to have during and then that recovery Um, and yeah and as we talked about earlier what do I need to eat today so that I can hit my session tomorrow or Thursday or whatever you know whenever the next session is um, so that you're ready for that because yeah, we only get the adaptations from our training when we're fueled properly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Spot on. And I think it's so good that you're a runner yourself. Mm. Yeah. So often yeah. when you see a nutritionist, I was saying this to Sasha before, when you see you follow people on Instagram, they're not runners. They're not mm. um, providing advice to runners. They have mm. a completely different approach. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And there are different approaches, you know, depending on conditions that, you know, disease conditions people might have or so on. Yeah. But yeah, running, running nutrition slightly different as is if someone was doing a triathlon, there'd yeah. be some slightly different considerations. If someone's doing marathon swimming, there's different considerations to put into it. If someone's weightlifting, so sports themselves have different nuances as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, as I said, there's so many different factors involved. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can't end without asking you, what's your favorite running shoe? Although you're an ultra runner. So, <laughs> so I, I, I had a feeling this might come up. So um, <laughs> I have a few different pairs. Oh, good. Um, okay. We like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah great. So I, I have about six pairs that I, I, I cycle <laughs> through. I, yeah. I, I'm constantly buying shoes. So I have everything. I'm a bit of a fan of on shoes. Um oh. Yeah, and the Mizuno. Mizuno. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've got Asics, Nova Blast. I quite like those for some of the. Mm. They were really good for my track because you know you're pounding when the track yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I do some trail stuff too, so I've got trail shoes as well. So, yeah, no one, no one brand, no one shoe. Yeah. What do you do your long runs in? Just a uh, long road run. Yes, my long road runs, I'm doing those. It depends. If I've had a pretty big week, I will sometimes pop the Nova Blasts on if I'm really yeah. feeling like I need that extra cushioning. Otherwise, yeah. normally it's the on cloud flow, um, normally mm. my go-to for a long run. 
Mm. Although I just I just got the on cloud Strauss, I think is how you pronounce it, um, which are a little bit more like a Nova Blast. So I'm testing those out at the moment as well yeah. to see see what goes. So yeah. yeah. Okay. I bought the Nova Blast and I love the springiness of them, mm. but I kept going through the toe in the material. Uh, see, I have that. that, I have I don't have that, I have that issue with Sorconis. Oh. I, I can't buy Sorconis anymore because I, I pop my toes pop out. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. again, everyone's different. Everyone's exactly. different. But I do think it is important to have different running shoes. I think yeah. to cycle yeah. through different shoes, um, you know, just Definitely. like our bodies need to recover, our shoes need time to recover between <laughs> runs as well. Yeah, that's true. I never thought, yeah. of that <laughs> thought about that either. <laughs> um, do you have any events in Queensland that we can? Meet Not you on course? Potential. Look, I don't know. I um, I was originally signed up many years ago to do the Clint Eastwood last one standing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, that was back in 2020. And, of course, we know what happened in 2020 and I couldn't get to Queensland. Yeah. Um, I still have an entry for that that just keeps rolling over. Oh, wow. So whether I come up this year in August to potentially do that, I don't know. Um, oh, you'll have to let us know if you do. Yeah, no, definitely. But, um, yeah, we I've sort of, I've got, I'm doing going over to New Zealand to do Tarawira 50k in uh, yep. February, and then I've got another 24-hour track run in March, and then we'll see what happens after that as to what what happens next. Yeah, so, wow. Do you yeah. follow Nicole Drew? So she's one of our um, local backyard yeah. runners, and she loves yeah. the track running. Mm -hmm. She's as crazy as you get on yeah. a track and yeah. can run 24 hours around and round. Yeah, it's um. It's interesting. I think about, I think when you, you know, even for any running, you need to know your why. I think yeah. it's really important that you know why you run. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you get into ultras, you really need to know your why. Like you <laughs> yeah. really need to be quite, um, yeah. And I just, yeah, just it amazes me what the human body is capable of and, and what we can push it to. And and I'm just so intrigued to see what. I was going to say, what, is that my your limits why? Are. Yeah. Yeah. Find what, out. What, yeah. Can yeah? Can I push it to the limit and and yeah? Just to be continually challenged and um, yeah, it's exciting. And you always yeah, it's it just it's mind blowing. I think what what people can do. Yeah, and you obviously lead from the front with your running group. So I guess you're an inspiration to many women in in Sydney. Yeah, thank you. I think um you know what I love. I think it's probably similar with your run group. You know, with our boobs on the run. You know, we actually lead from the back. Our run leaders lead from the back. And yeah. um you know, I think that's a really important message to get out there too. Because I think I think we I mean, might have said this on one of your podcasts recently. I think everyone can run everyone yeah. is a runner and you don't need a certain body or shape or to have certain clothes or anything to be a runner and I think the more people that um you know just understand that it is okay to get out there and yeah. and move um the healthier we'll all be exactly yeah. and we all exactly. feel so much better about ourselves mm -hmm. mentally as well you know the endorphins Absolutely. get going we feel happy mm. meet yeah, lovely people yeah, I'm a much better person when I run. Oh, we all are. That's what's <laughs> yeah, I'm a much nicer person. <laughs> yeah. We did our Rock the Crop run over the weekend. Mm. And even leading into that morning, Sasha and I messaging each other, yeah. you know, yeah. doubting ourselves, but dreading. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dreading it. And but seeing the people that were there mm. and what they got out of it, mm. we walked away so happy and proud yeah. that everyone that was our message. Everyone can be a runner. 
you yeah. don't have to we have to yeah, be grateful awesome. for our bodies that can do it so mm. yeah it was really lovely to, yeah, to get that it really them. was it was lovely and there were you know people on the day saying uh, there, there was one girl I won't say her name but as we were running back to take photos and everything mm. she said Sasha I hate you I didn't want to do this <laughs> but afterwards she was really pleased mm. that she did and yeah yeah, that was our whole our whole point, wasn't it? Everyone's a runner, embrace your body. We all look different. Yeah. But I think coming back to you, Lisa, we need to make sure that we are fueling that body mm. so that it can take us to those great places yeah. that we want to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Meet those challenges. Yeah. 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 No, 100%. Thank you so much for your time. It's so lovely. We will chat again, I'm sure. It was brilliant. Thank you. It was really, I think that was really educational and really informative and so many takeaways um, for us, selfishly, of course. (laughs) But I think for for our listeners as well, I think there's loads of things that people can take away from that. So really appreciate it. Oh, great. No problem at all. And um, yeah, really appreciate the opportunity to to jump on and chat with you. Perfect. Thank Thank you. you. Okay, great. All right. Bye. Bye. See ya.